very good welcome to the body emotion podcast pain health and emotions today we are starting a series of episodes about emotions it's gonna be very interesting and today you're gonna be having a different introduction to the amazing world of emotions so let's go for it Hello! Thank you very much for being there. My name is David El Corobarrutia and I'm here today one more time to teach you, to uh, talk with you, although you are not going to be, you know, it's going to be a different kind of talk, but you, I'm sure you're going to be listening there on the other side. Look, today I'm starting a series of episodes about emotions, so I want you to be tuning in because this is going to be really interesting. I'm going to make it very simple, very entertaining. And the most important thing is that you will be learning information and you will be having different tools that they will help you to be aware and ultimately to have a better quality of life and health, a better relationship with your emotions. But it's important to understand uh, what's an emotion, right? Because look at how interesting is this. The the word emotion comes from, from the Latin word emotionem. And this word is divided in the eye, which means uh, from inside to outside. And the other word or the other part of the of the word is motion, right? Which means movement. In fact, uh, you know that this podcast is called Body Emotion, right? And that's part of the reason why it is uh, why it's emotion, right? Because there's there is movement and there is something that it must go from inside to outside. Uh, movement and emotions and the way we express our feelings. But did you know that the word emotion is not in in the cover of a book until the 19th century? And it's when Darwin, you know, Darwin, very important Darwin, very important guy, very important guy. He had a book... Um, with the title called The Expression of Emotions in the Men and in the Animals. Very interesting. That doesn't mean that before the 19th century um, it's not been questioned or it's not been um, discussed the, the amazing world of emotions, right? Because if we look behind the antique Greeks, uh, they used to argue they used to discuss about uh, anger about fear and about distress in their arguments and in their talks when they were in the pub you know they were in the pub like Plato Plato was in the pub and he would be talking about you know how how how's anger fitting in our lives is this good for a good life is not this good Socrates so he was speaking with the other uh, Greeks and you know they were discussing what was good regarding the emotions for a good life and then we had Senosidum you know who's Senosidum Senosidum is the founder of the Stoicism and he could be coming inside into the pub and he's like you know kind of half a coke of a glass of water maybe it's a bit healthier uh, and I'm gonna discuss with you Plato you know what, what, you know, what's a good life? The point is this, that in, the, in, in, in Greek, in Greece, in the antique Greece, 
they were thinking about what we consider today emotions. They did not call these emotions. In fact, when Plato was there in, in Greece, in, in the pub, in a pub in Greece, having he was eating something called horiatiki. Horiatiki is, is like a traditional salad with feta cheese. You know, feta cheese is very typical from, um, from Greece. And he was not mentioning, he was not discussing about, you know, emotions like this, like that, as we, as we speak today about. He was considering that the mind was divided in three elements, the reason, the appetite, and the thumos. And nowadays, we can translate that as anger, spirit, or indignation. Indignation. And when Plato was, you know, eating his feta cheese, you know, he was reflecting about um, the reason, the appetite, and the thumos. You know, he got into a conclusion that, from his point of view, the good person is the one who has those three elements in the mind in harmony, and every element is functioning properly. Every element, meaning the reason, the appetite, and the thumos or the anger, the spirit, and the indignation. And according to Plato, this is only possible when these three elements are subordinated to the reason, the rational mind. On the other hand, when Senositum was in the, in the pub having some kind of um, pita bread, very typical, very typical pita bread, and remember Senositum... Uh, it's considered the founder of the Stoicism, uh, he got into a different conclusion, right? He, for, for him, for the Stoics, a good life is about living free from passions, from the pas passions. And then we could think, okay, 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 David, what about, I'm not going to be living with passion, 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 passion. And, you know, it's, it's very important to to. to to live with some excitement, right? Because otherwise, you know, it's, life can be like a plateau, right? Okay, we, what we need to take with a grain of salt is that, is that the Stoics, they understand the passions as feelings, as, as very strong feelings, that they, they distress somehow the mind. Like, for example... An intense feeling of anger or an intense feeling of joy for them these um, extreme sensations or emotions they arise from giving a lot of importance to things that they are not really important more trivial things more materialistic things but uh, which is difficult to define but for things that they are not what is supposed to be important for them, for the Stoics, the wise person is the one that it doesn't value a lot the trivial things and it achieves, it accomplishes mental peace. That doesn't mean that the Stoics uh, or the I mean, a Stoic mentality is like, you know, being like, uh, uh, like a rock, like a rock with no feeling. It's, it's not, that's not the point from the Stoics. Because the what what they what they um, argue or, or what the stoicism is about is about judging correctly things, situations or different circumstances 
in order to feel joy and good feelings, but they are not super, super intense. It's not like a roller coaster, okay? It's more like smooth. It's like smooth waves. It's like smooth waves on, on the ocean. But there's different points of views, like, for example, from the Catholicism, the founder of Christian Christianity is quite the opposite uh, of a serene, serene stoic. For instance, Jesus flies into a holy race when he sees the temple of Jerusalem filled with merchants and money changers, and he drives them out of the, temp the temple with a wipe. Or, for example, what has been uh, documented in historical, historical documents is that when, when Jesus is, is dying on the cross, he cries out in agony, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So there is different ways of approach what we consider today emotions from, an, uh, from a historical point of view. But at some point, the science comes, in, comes into this scene. And it's about the 19th century, which is interesting because remember the one of what I was telling you about the the title of this Darwin's book. It was about the 19th century, and it's in the 19th century when, from this psychology field, they they try to give a meaning to the word emotion, free from dogmas or trying to be morally neutral. And what he What it happened, as with many other words, is that the word emotion is a very abstract concept, and it can have very different meanings from one person to the other. It's difficult to come to a middle point when when we want to define words that are abstractions. But it's very. This is something I learned. I think is very wise to simplify what is the word the word emotion because. Perhaps this is like jazz music. You can see it, you can feel it, but you cannot define it. Louis Armstrong, who was a, a, well, a magical figure in the field of jazz music, he said once that if you need to ask what is jazz, you will never know it. So with emotions, it can happen kind of the same, that we all understand what is an emotion, but sometimes it's difficult to express it, to define even what you're feeling and even what is an emotion. However, we can classify emotions in three groups. Basic emotions, cognitive, higher cognitive emotions, and cultural emotions. And this is what you're going to learn in the next episode. I'm going to be talking with you about these three Uh, groups of emotions and we're gonna I'm gonna be telling you very interesting facts studies and very uh, very relevant inf information that it will help you to be more emotionally intelligent that's all for today very easy very smooth very entertained you haven't realized that we have finished already thank you very much please share far and wide this podcast with your neighborhoods with your colleagues with the politicians with famous people on your Instagram all around the world. Please share far and wide and you will help other uh, people to, well, to get access to this information and you will help me to grow a little bit. Thank you much and I hope you enjoy. Thank you and I'm looking forward.